Well, for, for myself personally, I feel so blessed because, I mean, who gets to work with their husband, their, their daughter now, their son-in-law, um, you know, it's, it's family and all these awesome people that are like our friends, like Mark said, like family, but then I feel really blessed because who would think that you could use a teaching degree, you know, from Concordia at a garden center. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as much as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, Digital media operates from a distance, and that's not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell. I'm Pastor Jason Schockman. You won't hear much from me in this episode because, well, we're experiencing some technical difficulties and my mic channel just is being naughty. And so, with that, (laughs) Pastor Schockman's mic is naughty. No, just my channel. Uh, Welcome to Christ in All Things. This is part of our continuing series that we've been doing on Christian entrepreneurship. And this is a conversation we've been eager to have for a while. Uh, We have with us today Mark and Renee Ebert. Please, if you would, uh, let's start with the lady here. Introduce introduce yourselves. So I'm Renee Ebert, and um, I've been with Ebert's since... um, since I met Mark in 1989. Okay. And I am, I am Mark Ebert and um, I'm the owner uh, with Renee at Ebert's Greenhouse Village in Exonia, Wisconsin. So that is the name Ebert's Greenhouse Village. Yes. Has it always been Ebert's Greenhouse Village? Uh, No. My dad, when he started, uh, basically our business started from uh, an idea of just, uh, he started a vegetable garden and uh, he enjoyed the, he did it part-time. He had another full-time job, and um, he had a dream that I think he just wanted to start a vegetable business. Um, and so the early days uh, was Ebert's Farm Produce, and then along the way he started a, a just a small shack of a greenhouse um, to start some of the plants for the produce farm. And... Um, you know, along the way, he grew a few flowers, and uh, basically, he called it Ebert's Farm Produce and Greenhouse. So, when did it become Ebert's Greenhouse Village? So, in 1990, it was shortly after I met Renee, um, January. Um, he came to me, and I was, I finished. Uh, um, uh, I went to MATC Madison. MATC, uh, we, for our listeners who are outside of the area, that's Mad- Madison Area Correct. Technical College. Correct. Okay. 
And uh, I heard they had a great marketing program, and I had aspirations of doing something big. And I, I thought I didn't want to go to a four-year college at the time, so I did it. They had a really good marketing program, so I uh, went there and uh, graduated in 1989. And uh, I was searching and could not find the job I really was looking for. And my dad approached me at that time and asked if. Uh, would you want to buy my end of the greenhouse business? Not the produce, but the greenhouse. And I I said, sure, Dad, uh, I'll do it part-time. Um, how much is it going to cost me? He goes, $5,000. I'm like, where am I going to come up with that money? Um, he said, just give me 1000 a year uh, for the next five years. I did it. And uh, so I went into business with my brother with the greenhouse. And uh, that first year we were in business. All right, hold, hold on a second. You you went in, all right. So you went in for a thousand bucks a year. Yes, as a five thousand dollar ownership stake. Yes. Are you willing to share what the overall gross receipts are at Ebert's Greenhouse now? Uh we're not quite there, but we're getting close to five million. <laughs> <laughs> so, God bless America. That's awesome. Yes. So you went, sorry. So I, just, that, that is I just had to jump in. I picked my jaw up off the floor. <laughs> that is quite uh, an investment. Yes. Um, so you went in for a thousand, you went yep. for a thousand bucks. Yep. And you had, and did you pay it off sooner or was it, a, did you go in at a thousand a year? Uh, you know what? I don't remember, but I did pay it off. Uh, but <laughs> took yes. more time when we met probably to pay it off. Yes. <laughs> um, and then that was the first year when, uh, you know, I got excited and, uh, my brother and so my brother and I were in business together and, uh, I don't know, we, I, we just liked setting things up differently we only had a few greenhouses, but, um, I said, let's call it, let's make it out to be like a village, like so do little streets. Were you, and, were you initially working full time and doing this on the side? Uh, no, no, I was. At the time I met Renee, I just got out of school. I, I, I helped the business all the years during the produce years, uh, the vegetable garden, um, like in high school. And then right after I, right after high school, I did not know what I wanted to do right away. So I took a year off and I helped the, uh, my dad and Ron, uh, my brother, yeah. uh, their produce business. And Ron's a little bit older than you. Yep. Yes. Um, he was nine years older. Nine years older. Yes. And now, and you have a sister as well, right? Yes. Okay. I have two brothers, and or I had two brothers and uh, two sisters. Uh, my brother, Ron, my partner, died in 2015. So, right. Um, and I imagine we're going to come back to that yes. in a little while. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to do something different, and uh, we thought we'd call it Throwing Village. But we wanted to keep Greenhouse because we wanted people to know that we were selling plants, but it was a different atmosphere, so... So I, I, I remember vaguely some time ago having conversation with you about, about this. Um, but I, before, before we get to that, I'm looking, I'm looking to my left here and thinking about Renee. So you guys met, it was at 89 and you got married what year? 91. So mm -hmm. as, as you're meeting this guy, he's, he says, I'm a thousand bucks into a greenhouse business. <laughs> so, so there's a story behind uh, yeah, there, there that. Is. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just want to insert and she can answer Absol that. Absolutely. Um, so when, oh. when I met Renee, 
um, I thought to myself, I, I knew I, I was serious about, you know, uh, her and I was thinking I was going to ask her to get married. And, um, anyway, uh, I thought I got to find something. Yeah. You met, you met, you met, you, you met Renee and you knew immediately this is, this is probably, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I can see uh, that. And then, uh, anyway, um, I was searching, uh, you know, I was just helping the family business and, uh, I got out of school and I didn't find the sales job I wanted and so forth. So, uh, I played a lot of basketball and a a friend that was playing on another team. Uh, he said, Hey, I, I work at UPS and he had a pretty high, high up position. He goes, I I'll get you in right away. Usually you got to start at the bottom and, uh, work your way up. And he said, I'll get you, I'll get you in right away. Cause he, he probably knew me and, you know, I had a good work ethic. And, uh, so he did, he got me in and, uh, I, uh, went through all the testing and so forth. And, uh, they said, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll call you and you'll be driving a truck. And that's when a big lump kind of formed in my stomach. And it was, this was right after my dad, um, sold me as part of the business, which I was thinking I was just going to do part-time. Um, but that, that's what it kind of hit me. So I, I didn't want to ask my dad cause I knew the answer he would give, you know, he would want me to stay on the farm. Um, so I asked Renee's dad, I called him and, uh, I only knew him a couple months and I just said, I have this, uh, situation. I got a great job at UPS, excellent job, uh, benefits set for life. Um, or I got a, I got something in the backyard, a few, few greenhouses, but I think there's a lot of potential. And, uh, he gave me a good answer. He said, go with your heart. And, uh, that's all I needed. I, I said, thank you. I hung up. And next day I called UPS and I said, I'm really, really sorry because he went, you know, my friend got me the job, but I said, I'm going to do the family business and I never looked back. So that's how that started. And and as a father so, who very recently gave his only daughter away in marriage, you have an appreciation for the level of confidence that Mark Bagan showed in you yes. by saying, go with it. Absolutely. Yes. That's a pretty... Um, gutsy yeah <laughs> yeah and i never well you know i i had uh renee was, I, I love him all the more now yeah 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 i figured renee was making a big salary teaching at st paul so <laughs> i had something to lean back on if she, I did, she was I, making serious money as a lutheran school teacher you guys were in yeah. right so yeah i know that i do remember telling you i said why don't you give him a call you know because i know um through his years of ministry and all the um, advice. He's just, you know, that wise old owl. He can, he can kind of, he can listen and he can feel with his heart. So, so. Renee, Renee's dad, Mark Bagans, was a career Lutheran educator and a principal for four decades. Yes, at mm-hmm. Trinity and Racine, right? Correct. And he also was at Emmaus Lutheran in Milwaukee prior to that. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What? So what? So, it, so you meet this? You meet this guy. At a basketball, at a bat, you go to a basketball game, and he and he tells you, "I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing a greenhouse thing." Mm-hmm. And what did you think? Well, at at the time, I you were, I know, at that time you were doing um, the uh, heating vents or something that you were doing the air oh, purifiers. I was doing that part time too, selling air side. purifiers. Sure. 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 To be honest, I really didn't care what he was going to do. I just 
knew he was really special to me. So whatever it was going to be, we would, God was going to take care of it. I just was very thankful that we met. So that's amazing. <laughs> well, there's a couple interesting votes of confidence there, Mr. Ebert. Yes. I mean, you just had a woman just tell you, I don't care what he does, but I just, yes, I, I trust absolutely. him. Well, so what yeah. was, I mean, now we're, now we're doing marriage stuff, but, <laughs> okay. this, but this is the foundation of a business. What, what, what was it about him that made you say, this is going to go? Well, um, so from the very first night he walked in, it's, it's kind of like a Hallmark movie, if you will. It was snowing and he walks in which is kind of embarrassing to say, but it was at sports page at the time. So it was a bar. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but a, lot, a group was there from church that played volleyball, some of the co-ed and so forth. And, um, you know, I, I just happened to be facing that way. And I saw this guy come in and this is true. You know it. And he had, on, he had holes in his shoes, but they're really cool. They were the boat shoes that were in at the time, <laughs> but, and he just looked like this really cool guy. And I was kind of smitten right away. But what I really noticed was the way he was talking with everybody and everybody just kind of came up to him and his basketball buddies and Mark's like, hey, and they're like, hey, Ebs. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And he's shaking their hands. I'm like, wow, this is a really nice guy and everybody wants to talk to him. And so do I. <laughs> you know, he just had that confidence um, and that, that really niceness about him. So that's, I was drawn to his personality. Mm-hmm. I've told you that before. He's got a big, he's got a big smile on his <laughs> you face. So you can't sheepish. see it on the radio. <laughs> <I fold her. laughs> oh, stop. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you got this, you got this lump in your throat. You, I mean, you had, you, you met your girl, you had a steady job yep. in front of you, but there was I, something in you that said something else. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think, working for the family business, even though I was working for my dad and brother, um, they gave me a lot of freedom and, uh, I could, I knew what I had to do, um, to help out, but, uh, I, I appreciated that freedom. They let me do certain things and, uh, I was kind of my own boss as I was, um, working for them. And I think it hit me that I would lose that freedom. Um, and, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I, I'm, I always say I'm not the most intelligent guy, but I, I'm creative and I felt I couldn't use my creativity. Um, so doing something on my own, even though it didn't look like a lot at the time, um, it, it gave me that freedom to do, you know, so what, what, what I want to do. So, well, let's, let's ask our questions. What, what are, you know, one of the things we ask in this series in relationship to our other personal interviews that we do at Christ and all things is, which, which we're going to have you guys do another, another time. But what are the, what are the top three to five things that made Ebert's greenhouse village, what it is that formed the business? Um, I, I definitely have uh what, made our business special. Um, I might not have looked at it the same, uh, formation back then, but now when I look back, um, God was, uh, faith. God was definitely number one. Um, going through looking back, um, at our whole history. Um, and it goes 
through a lot of twists and turns where even um, back in the, uh, when my dad, he sold uh, 80 acres of our farm because he was short on money in the 60s or 1959, early 60s. And then uh, in the early, like 1970, I was, I was a kid when he was ready to sell the entire farm. Um, he wanted to move to Oconwalk, and he had a job at Fiberessen, and uh, it, it fell through because nobody wanted to buy the farm. Um, and I think it was shortly, shortly after that, maybe a few years after that, when he um, had this idea of starting a vegetable garden, and all of us thought he was crazy, and but he stuck through, you know, stuck to it, and you know, and now, you know, now look back and wow, did God have a plan? So, and so your your dad is, your dad is trying to figure out a way to make some money. Yes, he can't correct he, right. He can, he can't sell he can't yes. sell the land. Yes. So how am I going to make this land productive to make some money and make ends meet? Correct. He he did hold on to the building, the buildings and uh, forty acres, and he sold eighty acres. So we had a farm of like one hundred twenty acres, uh, but he still had a little bit of land that um, somehow I never asked him that, but. Um, he did have a idea of growing vegetables, but I thought he could make some, you know, better money than, uh, you know, the regular field corn and so forth. Um, so that's that's how it started, and there's so many other twists and turns throughout the business that. Um, are you still at that? Now you said it's 120 acres. Is that what you are today? No. Um, so that's another story. Uh, so my dad sold 80 <laughs> acres, so we were down to 40 acres. Uh, and it, it was like that until, um, it was a couple of years after I met or we got married, excuse me, uh, it was 1994 mm-hmm. when we were, we were renting just up the road, part of a farmhouse from a neighbor. And, um, we were starting to look for land to build a house and, uh, the land right across from our farm became available and we, we checked it out. I called a guy and uh he said i'm really sorry um it sold and so i i was we were kind of beside ourselves like boy we better really start looking so we we looked all over and then like a week later uh that guy called back and he goes are you still interested in the land the the bank would not give the other person financing and i looked at my dad i said i don't know if we can afford this now but um we got this chance to buy the land and he just looked at me he goes i sold land that I wish I would have had right now he said do it so we bought the land and that's where we live now right across the street and, that, and how many acres is that um that is about 19 acres so right now altogether we have 59 acres where the business and where we live and then uh, we also rent 20 acres for pumpkins gotcha so from the neighbor so number so you said number one that formed your business is that you you look back and you see God in it Yes, I all the way. I could, I could talk forever about the things that I've seen in my life that there is no other answer. God is well. Been, so so definitely. Well, we're not going to talk forever, but let's talk about that because <laughs> um, I'm I'm getting the impression because one of the, in in our series here, one of the questions we've asked others involved is, is there such a thing as Christian entrepreneurship? Uh, I'm assuming you're saying yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. And why do you, why do you say that? I, I, nobody can. 
I don't believe anybody can really have a solid business and appreciate it and be grateful and have a have a solid business for other people to work at and customers come I, I don't I don't believe it's it's really possible unless you have God um, there's a lot of businesses out there but are are they truly successful they can be making a lot of money but um, you're not really successful unless everybody is happy at your place and I feel overall our employees and um, you know customers and you know it's a special special thing but you know we give all glory to god we uh we we whoever wants to do it we pray every day um so it's been there's a lot (laughs) yeah it's talk talk so number one is number one is god and you just you see that as part and parcel as it were no pun no pun intended uh of who of who you are but what what are some, what relatedly what are some of the other big things on that that have formed you guys as as Ebert's greenhouse village um you know faith in god is number 1 um our family has been uh our family was spectacular um you know we came from humble background but very hardworking and um we we couldn't have been who we are without our family um an extended family of course um and then we we've had fantastic people working for us that have uh just done so much and you know it, the one thing i always i tell people I, i'm not the most intelligent person in the world but i'm smart enough to know that you need good people to work <laughs> with sure. you because mm-hmm. obviously when i saw you doing all this technical work i'm not that way but we have dave crawl who is my cousin who he and i work together we were best friends uh, since growing up, you know, we were cousins and just did so much together. And, um, I approached him a few years back and uh, 20 years ago and, um, he's full time with us and he handles all the technical and the, you know, the financials and gives me the opportunity to work and do what I want to do and work with the people and the plants. So, so I know, I know Renee that you, you taught little squirts at St. Paul's mm-hmm. here for a number of, in what level did you teach? First grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and at some point you stepped out mm-hmm. of the classroom and into the family business. Correct. And so why did you do that? Well. It, or maybe that's the wrong question. Well, what would the right question be? Well, um, it seemed like that there was a lot of time that our schedule was opposite. Mark yeah. and I, and, um, your sister, so my sister-in-law at that time, had been doing some of the field trips um, with you know with the kids coming out, learning about the plants, and so on and so forth, because she had been teaching, but then she stepped away during that, I don't know if it was a year or two years, so she took that on, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, she went back to teaching. And then there was that opportunity to go and do some of the children's activities, and you know, also be more on the same wavelength with Mark. In in the so uh, that's a good place to step in because you guys should the two of you each in your own way you should tell tell the listeners a little bit about you you, you sell plants, but there's a little bit more to it. Tell so let's start with you, Renee. Sure. What what is what does Ebert's Greenhouse Village do? So well, for for myself personally, I 
feel so blessed because I mean, who gets to work with their husband, their, their daughter now, their son-in-law, um, you know, it's, it's family and all these awesome people that are like our friends, like Mark said, like family, but then I feel really blessed because who would think that you could use a teaching degree, you know, from Concordia at a garden center. But every day I have been blessed with the opportunity to do that because right now we're in the midst of all our fall field trips and I get to be the storyteller every day. So what happens at the fall field trips? So um, all the kids come out, they, we have a story theater and every year we have a different story that we feature. And this year is um, Spookly the Square Pumpkin. And it's the third time we brought it back. You know that story. Pastor Shackman knows the story. I love it. I love it. Um, but, you know, and it teaches a really good lesson, too. And we talk about that every day. Uh, today, I was talking about it again, every single group that comes in. And we get between four and 5,000 kids that come out in fall. So That's there's, crazy. There's a lot of kids that come through. And, you know, so I get to do that. I get to, in spring, teach them about the plants, you know, um, there's just so much. They, they get their pumpkin right now. I'm kind of going back and forth between fall and spring. There's two different opportunities there for the teaching, depending on the season. Where do, but, the, where do the kid? what schools do the kids come from or where? So they come basically from all over. I mean, we have kids um, from the Oconomowoc area. We have Burton. We have sometimes kids from Brookfield, Milwaukee, buses that come in, um, Husesford, today Fort Atkinson, St. Paul's was there. So you, you guys, so you guys give school kids who are, and most of us are distanced from what we eat and Mm -hmm. from, you know, from plant life, you know, that type of, you give them in a basically kind of a farm experience. Correct. Correct. I mean, there, I remember back when um, my brother-in-law, when Ron was there and his dog at the time, Bubba was so sweet, but he was, he looked like a cow from a distance because he had, he was white with brown spots and some of the kids that had never been out in a setting thought he was a cow a lot of times I mean it was just kind of silly but you know so they do they get to experience you know gee this is how the plants actually grow or you know this is this is how the pumpkins are out in the vine and but more than that we try to give them just just a really good time to have fun learn and have a good experience with nature because you know they're our future and you do so you do that in the fall and you also do that type of thing in the spring. Correct. The the spring is a lot more pared down as far as how many obviously how many kids. So what are you, what are you doing in the spring? So the spring, you know, I we do probably about 250 300 at the most kids compared to fall because there's there's so many um you know so many gardeners out there they're coming and visiting to get their plants so it does get very busy but what they do is they come out and um, we have a walking part of the tour where they get a tour of the village and they get to um, learn the difference between annuals perennials herbs you know we do so they can go in the herb house and they can touch and smell we talk about how to cook with them what to do Um, then we go have a stop in the kids area kids village and um, they get to decorate their container plant it Um, this year we did like um, vegetable planters and they get to take those home and, you know, grow them and learn from that. And a lot of parents come out and sometimes parents. So have, you're teaching all the time. We're teaching. That's right. That's right. And I would probably not have that as good of a time. I shouldn't say it like that if I wasn't able to do that because <laughs> that's my passion is with those kids, too. So that's probably one of my favorite parts. About so, it. so you've got, I mean, you, the business is very labor intensive and there are mm-hmm. times of the year when it's extremely time intensive for mm-hmm. your husband. 
mm-hmm. that puts a, a kind of a strain on on your well it, uh, maybe it's not the right but it puts a strain on your on your marriage in the sense is you wanted to be together mm-hmm. and it was too much uh, too much apart and you saw an opportunity to be part of the family business mm-hmm. and and step in where and maybe enhance something that was already happening mm-hmm. and and be able to be a more day-to-day partner with your husband. Right. And it did grow a lot. I mean, back then the field trips weren't, you know, we didn't have as many and the fall was just starting to progress. You know, I think we started fall field trips are probably about 300 or 400 kids at first. And then, and now you're just, 5,000. Um, not quite, not quite. No, we can't handle quite, <laughs> but about we're four. probably about, about four, but um, we're making a lot of square. Are the St. Paul, are the St. Paul's kids going out this year? Um, they have in the past. I don't think they are this year. Not this year. Okay. But um, we'll welcome them yeah. anytime. <laughs> okay. So, so Mark, yeah. I, I asked I asked Renee. Um, we've got we're yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to circle back and do this when we come back in part two of our interview because we we asked Renee about the about the founding of it and what makes it special. We're gonna come back to you a little bit. In part two. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you you very much. Thank you. For show notes and other information about Christ in All Things, visit ChristinAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristinAllThings.org. We're thankful to provide Christ in All Things to you as a gift. But it's not free to produce and distribute. So if you'd like to help us make Christ in All Things a self-supporting show and have a little fun in the process, please click the support page at ChristinAllThings.org. A donation of any kind gets you a dozen environmentally friendly Christ in All Things straws to share with your friends. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. You love those way too much and I still can't believe you bought them. A donation of $200 or more gets you some cheerful on-air clapping and a pair of Wisconsin-made wigwam hiking socks. A donation of $1,000 or more gets you thunderous on-air clapping and a handmade Christ in All Things leather folio by the Murdy Creative Company. If you want to donate more than that, well, fly us wherever you want, and we will record Christ in All Things at your chosen location, within reason, of course. All post-production surplus supports Youth Ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or the old-fashioned way, give us a call, 262-567-5001. Intro and outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl. Copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.